Hello everybody and welcome back to the Dragon's Library. So today I'm reviewing The Quarry, a new interactive drama horror game developed by Supermassive Games. The Quarry is a spiritual successor to Until Dawn, also by Supermassive, and one of the better choices matter adventure games of the 2010s. As with Until Dawn, you know what? Every, take a shot every time I compare this game to Until Dawn and you will not be standing by the end. Several teenagers find themselves in a remote location. After an intro, they begin being hunted by strange murderers, only to find out there's a larger supernatural threat overtaking them. This is essentially a standard horror movie setup, which is there to put the characters in a horror movie where the player takes control of their actions. So, with that out of the way, let's go over the setup. Seven camp counselors are preparing to leave with the camp's owner after a wild summer. Due to personal drama and hormones... One of the camp counselors, who is the most insufferable jackass, sabotages the car to try and get one last date in. The owner drives to get help, promising to come back in the morning, and the teens are left alone for the night, having been told to stay in indoors. However, they are dumbass teenagers and what is essentially a horror movie, just with, you know, extra steps, so they decide to party outside and quickly split up. After two of them are attacked by a strange animal and others see strange men with guns, the night of fun turns into a desperate attempt to survive. Until dawn. Take a shot. Like Until Dawn. Take a shot. <laughs> the player controls various characters through adventure game style puzzles. You can feel the air quotes around that. Puzzles. Quick time events and making choices are also added in. The two games are essentially choose-your-own-adventure horror movies, like I've said before, with minimal amount of gameplay to be considered a game and not an eight-hour movie. <laughs> However, like in Until Dawn, take a shot, there is one unique game mechanic, and I actually really like it. The don't-move mechanic, which has been repackaged as the uh, hold-breath mechanic. This was really cool in Until Dawn. Essentially, you use the motion sensors on the PS4 controller to detect how much the controller is moving. Then, during really tense horror scenes, you have to keep it still in order for the monster to not attack you while you're hiding. Basically, you have to not make enough movement for it to catch its attention. Uh, which was a very cool and interesting mechanic that drove home the idea that you were playing as these characters and put them in these shoes. When a monster gets really, really close to your face with this mechanic... It actually turns not moving the controller into a struggle because humans don't like that. Especially if you have a big TV, it can be a very effective way of adding tension to scenes like this. It's way more engaging than it sounds. In the quarry, this has evolved into the hold breath mechanic. Dangerous monsters will still get really close and you'll have to hold down the X button while keeping the controller still. Then, when you think you can, release the X button to bolt to safety. The mechanic is perfect for a horror game, and I would love to see it in more stuff. However, I do have some complaints with it. For example, when you first introduce to it, you're not really giving that much tutorializing to it, and it's hard to tell exactly when you should bolt. The first, like, two or three times I tried to do it, I bolted at the wrong time. Because um, it's very unclear, and I probably could have figured it out on my own, but I do think there should be a bit more tutorialing in it. Like, seriously, there's tutorials for all this other stupid stuff, and there's not for that. I think that was a little dumb. However, um, in addition, if you played Until Dawn, you're probably going to feel a little, I don't know, meta about this story, because it's pr pretty similar. So, let's move there. As for the rest of the game, it's alright. This is really the definition of a popcorn game, in my opinion. The kind of thing you just turn on and relax to, like a cheesy horror movie. The graphics are okay. Uh, pretty good at most of the times, but like it until dawn, take a shot. 
they're still hanging off the edge of the Uncanny Valley, and there are moments where, like, teeth in particular, just like, oh my god, it just looks so wrong. However, the voice performances are, for the most part, pretty good. Specifically with Brenda Song, or Android Vivia, who instantly became my favorite character, and not just because uh, I really like Vivia. Mostly because, aside from one thing, she's probably the most likable character, and she's definitely the one that has probably the most plot armor, if you know what I mean. Because uh, the game still has to be a game, so in order for it to not end at like the two-hour mark, there are usually one or two characters who are generally safe for most of the, most of the game. And they tend to be pretty much main characters. The story's pretty basic, but the mystery does a good job at driving interest. And though the monster design is different, technically, despite, you know, because it's a different monster, it reminds me too heavily of the Wendigos of Until Dawn. Take a shot. And still, it looks so similar. It's just the skin tights, bony humanoids again for the monster. And it's just like, and it's not really what this monster is, and I'm not going to spoil the monster, because I think it's part of the surprise of the game. It's like, oh, so what monster are we facing off this time? Um, but the design really is just meh. So, in conclusion, the quarry is definitely a strict improvement over Until Dawn. Just all around, basically everything is improved. Um, however, it fails to heavily evolve the concept further, with the, the exception of the don't breathe mechanic, which was good. I like that. However, the rest of it's just kind of basic. And you know what? That's fine. Some games can just be like this. If this wants to turn to video games version of just the cheesy horror movie, I'm actually cool with that. I think this is a niche that they can be in for a while without it getting stale. Quite frankly, I would love for them to do vampires or sea monsters next time. Get creative. Go for better monster designs. If you want to make that your niche, go for it, Supermassive Games. I think you can do it. So, you know what? I still think you can do better, but this is steps in the right direction. It's a cool idea. Let's keep... You know what? I'll see more of these movies. Or games. They're still games. They're 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 not eight-hour movies, guys. They're just video games. So, yeah. I enjoy bad horror movies all the time. And if, it's, and if you do, too, yeah, go for it. All in all, 7 out of 10. Can't wait to see what they do next. Okay, and that is the review. Moving on from that, we have... The spoiler section, and I will be spoiling parts of this game. And part of the fun of playing this thing really is going into it blind. Like, I, I didn't know what any of this was. I refused to look at any of the wikis for this. I went in completely blind to this. So, be warned, this part of the review may heavily affect your enjoyment of this game. I keep wanting to say movie. <laughs> uh, David K. Trolling really likes these. <laughs> Okay, everybody done? Everybody out of here doesn't want to be here? Okay. Three, two, one, it's spoiler time. All right, so we got seven main characters, or at least seven main counselors. We also have two counselors who didn't show up. So when we start the game, we start with Laura Kearney and Max Brinley, God, these names, who are driving to Hackett's Quarry to the summer camp. Now, they've actually come a day early because they, well, one of them emailed the camp counselor and, you know, said, hey, we're going to be coming up early. Just, you know, let us know if we can't. Uh, you know, they're going to be counselor for the summer. However, when they're driving, they nearly avoid hitting something in the middle of the road and then they get haunted by a ghost while trying to fix their car only to be startled by a police officer. He's acting really weird and kind of creepy, but the Laura manages to trick out the location of Hackett's quarry from him. So... You know, doing what they do, 
they go to the campgrounds and find that nobody's there, but there's a car there still. Um, and they're about to head over to the motel the sheriff told them to go to, but they end up investigating around and getting attacked by something in the basement. Uh, Max gets heavily injured, and Laura tries to drag him to safety, only to get tranked by the police officer who followed them and is really pissed that he's now had to clean up this mess. So, moving on from that, we go two months later with seven camp counselors. We have Abigail, Dylan, Emma, Jacob, who is just an insufferable jackass, Caitlin, Nicholas, Ryan. They are all there with the camp's owner, Crit Hatchet. They've cleaned up the camp. All the kids are gone. And they're basically just packing up and ready to go home. However, oh, gods, oh, gods. Okay, so how to start? So, this is, this is, this is just, mm. Okay, so Emma and Jacob had this little affair over the summer. And Emma was like, yeah, it's just a summer fling, man. She kept saying that apparently all summer. And literally everyone else knew that she was going to go home. And they were probably never going to see each other again. But Jacob was like, you're my one true love, babe. Uh, and so he gets really pissed. And he's like, you know what? I need one more night to convince her that I'm hers. And I just kind of felt bad for Emma. Like, she's not exactly a likable. Like, she's not the, like, the most likable person. Like, out of the group, she's like mid to low. Mid to low. But at the same time... You just gotta feel bad for her, because she's not, she's, she hasn't made it any secret that she doesn't give a shit about Jacob. It was just like a summer fling thing. She's been very upfront about it, actually. Um, but he, so he removes the starter from, or not the starter, the, um, rotary motor or whatever from the car, which, God, this is so dumb, which strands them there, and there's this one moment with, uh, <laughs> Uh, with Caitlin. And I need to say this. So, Jacob is like, so how would I go about sabotaging? Well, I get the rotary motor. He's like, okay, cool, cool. He's like, dude, don't do it. And the car doesn't start and she doesn't immediately call him out on it. Like, she meant, he mentions it to her and she doesn't immediately call him out for his bullshit. I would have cornered him right there and started beating him up until he pulled out the rotary motor. Um, <laughs> but hey. You know what? You gotta have a plot happen. So I guess she had to have a brain fart there. Um, the rest of the movie, she's very competent and probably the smartest one of the group. So, you know. All in all, we got problems going on. Uh, <laughs> basically, there's a lot of drama. Spin the bottle. Ooh, kiss this person. We got Abby and, um, not Jacob, uh, Nicholas, who are kind of in like this, you know, the shy introvert kid kind of way they do a romantic relationship where they're both shy but the second they get alone they start like making out like crazy you know the set the, the one you get the lead up for before you kill a really slutty couple <laughs> in the horror movies um so yeah uh they get attacked in the woods by something jake um nicholas not jake nicholas uh yeah nicholas gets bitten and uh, everything just kind of goes to shit. There are rednecks in the woods with shotguns, and there are these strange monsters all over the place that they thought were bears. They are most certainly not bears. Because it turns out they are, drumroll please, werewolves. But not the werewolves you're thinking of. The shitty, weird, flesh monster kind you got from, like, Cursed. Remember the Cursed? I reviewed that earlier this year. I'm not sure if anybody actually watched that review or listened to that review. It's... 
the, basically, I don't know what the deal is with werewolves recently, but they've gone from like the whole anim, you know, man animal hybrid beast within thing to just I'm a really bony, fleshy, like wolfish skin suit human. And it's just this weird thing of like, what happened with the werewolf design? Like werewolf designs used to be fun, you know, the teeth, the claws, the hair. It's just like, what happened? Why are we going for, like, the skinless dog root? Not even the skinless dog root. It's like, and they look like the Wendigos. I'm not even going to joke here. They look like the Wendigos, and it's just really bothered me the whole time I was playing. It's like, these things, they just look like the Wendigos. But they're less interesting than the Wendigos. The Wendigos have this weird spiderly, spider thing to their, them. They were way, like, these things aren't as, like, bony as the Wendigos, but they have the same look, but they just run around the ground like dogs. And the Wendigos would climb all over the place. They have these really creepy, milky eyes. We don't really ever see these things. So they're almost always coated in a little bit of blood or in shadow. Um, and I gotta say, I said the graphics are mostly an improvement, aside from a few things. The teeth is one thing, and the these Wendigos are the other thing. I'm sorry. We saw the Wendigos in Until Dawn. Take a shot. They looked good. They looked like good monster design. And this is just, they hide it. And I think it's because they did not have the budget to render these properly. Um, because I'm just going to say it, they don't look that good. Now, granted, they, they hide it with shadow and blood splatters everywhere. And a few times they get up close, they put their real effort in there. But you can tell. You can tell they did not actually make a new monster design. And I don't think they wanted to do Werewolf. I feel like they wanted to just do the Wendigos again. Because uh, these things feel like, I feel like you could... Insert the Wendigos, have them act like Wendigos, and essentially have this plot work exactly the same. Like, all the jump scares and everything. It just doesn't seem like they did that much different, if that makes sense. Uh, which is a shame. I'm, I'm just saying, it's a, it, it is a shame. It is a very much of a shame that they could not improve this. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of problems happening. We eventually learn the truth. So, there was this old freak show or with a fortune teller that came through. She's the ghost that's been haunting the packet. Uh, she's also the person that appears between chapters. You can find tarot cards in the chapters and she'll just tell you the future. She's clearly trying to push you into uh, killing the Hackett family. So, basically, she had a son who was basically the dog boy of the freak show. Uh, he was obviously the progenitor werewolf. You know, the whole thing where if you kill the progenitor, all the others cure back. Basically, in order to be cured, you have to kill the werewolf who turned you. Or they have to be cured because they killed the werewolf that turned them. Or so on and so on until you get back to the progenitor. And apparently Silas, the son, was the progenitor. Um, the two children six years ago, Caleb and Kaylee, they were the Chris's children. They've also become werewolves and are hunting people in the forest. Because uh, all the camera covers will be gone during this night while they were trying to kill Silas again. They got tur- they tried to free him and uh, by starting a fire. The, sli- the sideshow, the freak show, burned down as a result. And Silas bit Caleb when he was freed, who passed the curse on to his father and sister. And ever since then, the family's been trying to hunt for Silas to kill him and fix everything. However, these kids have just been thrown in the middle of the night and now the sister is dead. Most likely. She wasn't my play through. I'm not sure if you can make different choices to keep Kaylee alive. But yeah, Kaylee's dead. Um, Chris uh, Chris is killed shortly after in my playthrough uh, during a competition with the Rednecks, including killing the grandfather, the grandmother, uh, and one of the other brothers, leaving only the creepy cop who was covering for the family after all these years and 
apparently his uh, father also used to be the cop until he was in a that fire. Apparently something bad happened. I didn't find all the clues, so I don't really know what the details are there. But essentially, he became the cop and continued to cover for the family. But, you know, he's still feeling very un... He's like, look, I signed up for a lot of things. We murdered this hydro couple a little bit back. And it has haunted me, and I don't want to do that anymore. You said that if I helped you, there would be no more murders. Um, but the grandma girl's like, full... She murdered my babies! You know, ignoring the fact that their baby was trying to rip them apart limb from limb. Apparently, that's just, you know, normal behavior for a child. <sighs> anyway, basically all the rednecks died in my confrontation, and uh, the kids managed to survive by temporarily infecting themselves before curing themselves by killing Chris, which allowed them to heal one of their wounded party, and then they get turned back. So you get super healing when you do that, because you can only be killed by silver, that whole, you know, gimmick. Anyway, uh, Laura, Ryan, and Travis tried to drive to the spot where Laura and Max crashed two months ago, which is where Silas was. They just tried to kill him to in the curse permanently. The others tried to survive the last few hours of dawn while the others, you know, moved to kill the werewolves and hopefully uh, save them from their fate. And then it ends. And one of the really cool things, so the authorities obviously arrive, and your player choices... Um, based on evidence, clues, what you did, they affect not only the game's conclusion, but the public perception of it. So there's this little podcast that keeps popping up. They did this thing on like the hag of Hackett Quarry, the fortune teller who died and haunts the place. And apparently one of the survivors afterwards will send them a bunch of details and like evidence and stuff like that. Or maybe not like directly evidence, but photos of stuff that they got there. Uh, one of the main things is that, like, the, um, what's her name? At, not Abby, um, not Caitlin, Emma. She's, like, a big social media star. She has her phone with her when she first gets attacked by werewolves. She managed to get a photo of it. So if you manage to get that quick tire event and get that photo, then you'll, it'll get sent to them. Um, and it's the whole gimmick of a conspiracy slash supernatural podcast with the true believer and then the skeptic who they keep on there is sort of like a back and forth. A lot of podcasts do stuff like that. Anyway, the skeptic, basically, you can try, basically, if you did enough stuff and found enough evidence, you might be able to convince the skeptic that there's, like, oh, maybe there's something to this. Um, and I think if I had gone 100%, I might have gotten, like, fully on board, but they were still like, okay, look, it's definitely weird, and they're hiding something, I just don't know if it's supernatural. Um... But yeah, so I do like that. The dialogue at the end, like, I sat through that. It was very enjoyable, and it made me feel like a lot more of my decisions had had uh, actual impact on the plot than they probably did. Like, there are definitely some choices here that just do not matter. Um, and then there are also choices that will just arbitrarily kill you dead. Although, gotta admit, not as many as in Until Dawn. Though there is that one that seems obvious, but, like, eh, it's not, like... So, basically, when you ki- after you kill Chris, uh, you briefly take control of Max near, like, the last chapter of the story... When he wakes up on the island in the center of that uh, now-flooded quarry, there's like a little lake that flooded the area years ago, and he wakes up there because her, him and Laura had hit him there, so he wouldn't hurt anyone, because he didn't think that dumb teenagers would go swimming across the lake to the island in the middle of the night, which is a reasonable assumption, honestly. Anyhow, he wakes up there and has to go walk back to the dock, but he finds that Laura isn't there and there's no boat, so there's a choice between staying on the island and swimming to shore. 
Now, there's technically nothing on the island, so I had to make a choice. And I was thinking, well, it's a horror movie. I probably shouldn't stay here alone. But there is a werewolf still on the, on the mainland. But what are the chances it's going to be right there? So I decided, you know what? I don't want to stay here alone. Let's go back to find the others. And he immediately got murdered when he swam to shore. Looking back, I probably should have just left him there. I just didn't re- know how much was going to be left in the game. And there was always a chance that there was something else on the island anyway that I had overlooked. Uh, or maybe he was injured or who knows. Again, it was a quick decision, but it did feel kind of arbitrary. Like, there was no way for me to stop. There wasn't enough information for me to, to know for sure that I'd be killing him there. It was literally just guessing. But I will say there was probably less people than... Um, <laughs> there were less choices that did stuff like that than I thought there were. And definitely less than there were in Until Dawn. Uh, yeah. That's basically all there is for this. Yeah, that's the that's plot. Overall, really fun game to play. I'm not sure how much replay value it has. I still have to go back and like replay some of the levels, see how deviating the choices are. I think there are decent uh, choices that deviate the world enough. Um, I am interested to see how it goes, what you know, the whole thing is there. I think, yeah, I think it could be interesting. Definitely could be interesting. I think Supermassive is getting good at this. I think they have a little niche cut out for themselves, and I hope they make us a lot more, you know, horror movies that you can play around with. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Okay, moving on from that, we have news. So, this coming week, we have two new reviews. On Tuesday, I will be reviewing the new Resident Evil series on Netflix. Yay! I have some interesting things to say about it. I actually just finished watching it tonight. Uh, specifically the 15th. Uh, that's why I'm recording this. And then on Thursday, I finally will have another book review. Woohoo! We got Ordinary Monsters. That has been a joy to read. It's been a lot of fun. I have some things to say about it. I still have to finish it. I've got, like, another, like, ten hours left. Uh, I'm only about halfway through, so. Uh, I just, I got distracted recently. I just had to take a break from it, and then uh, stuff happened. Stuff happened this past week. I've been on call. It's a lot. Anyway, I will see you guys next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.